Hello and welcome Hi. to two, uh, two to three. Uh, is that what we're going to call it? I yeah. think when two when two become three was that what we that's what we said so. wasn't it? Um, that or Rob's unmatched wisdom. Yeah, I think that's what I prefer prefer it to be. Um, uh, my name's Rob. I'm Hannah. Um, and we have just become uh, parents for the first time. You may be able to hear our little one in the background just to uh, yeah. prove there you are, just to prove uh, how real this podcast is going to be um and we just wanted to share um a little bit of our journey about becoming first-time parents um part is a way for us to um kind of document and uh, share our journey um but secondly just so we want to um help and bless uh, and equip um other parents who are about to become um parents for the first time um so that's kind of our heart and our desire for this kind of podcast um, and we're looking forward to kind of sharing and um, talking the journey that we've been on um, over the last few weeks. And we hope that you can glean something of either a top tip or an encouragement or something where you can empathise with as well, because we are all on the journey together. Yeah. Um, and I think it's worth saying that we've absolutely smashed it the first few weeks. We've got it pretty much spot on uh, and we've got a lot of wisdom to share. So um definitely haven't had any problems definitely haven't cried while she's crying nope definitely haven't changed her for her to be sick on it again no so. that was a that was a desperately uh hard afternoon this afternoon as we our baby projectile vomited onto uh hannah and herself um while i panicked and flapped so that was a an enjoyable experience <laughs> one will improve for next time she does it indeed and um, right so we're gonna crack on and we're gonna get started um and start talking about uh, the journey we've been on so far great so we're gonna jump straight in uh, and we're gonna go back uh, a few weeks if we can remember uh, to talk about what um, life was like in the last week or so before giving birth um, and Hannah, just wonder if you could share um, your experiences of that last week and um, days before we went to the hospital. My mat leave didn't quite go as planned. So um, I was due to go off maternity leave on a Wednesday and on the Monday received a phone call to say that I was to stay off work because of COVID-19 and to be in lockdown. So it didn't quite pan out. I'd had dreams of grandeur, of coffee dates and a massage booked in. Um, and lots of really nice things that I thought, you know what, this is my rite of passage. I'm going to have this maternity leave. It's going to be so nice. And then I will be ready to give birth. And immediately after that phone call, it all came a bit crashing down. Of actually, no, I wouldn't get any of those things. Every single plan was cancelled, including the massage, unfortunately. And um, just, again, seeing people wasn't possible. So I think I found that really difficult in the last week weeks before giving birth because I just felt really disappointed really sad that I hadn't been able to enjoy what I'd been dreaming of you know you get this ideal in your mind that this maternity leave is going to be something just amazing and restful and it just was restful in the end but just not in the way that I thought it was and once I'd um gotten over that disappointment which took probably a few days I would say I've just been really upset and things have been stolen I realized that actually probably the best thing to do before giving birth to a baby now I'm realised more so is to rest and actually the lockdown and the COVID-19 despite the disappointment it brought me it really helped me to go into a slower pace of life which meant then when she arrived we'd had chance to rest and be together 
Um, and I just think probably the last big thing was uh, probably towards the last week or so. We didn't know she was going to be early, but she was for the last week. Um, I had to find a balance between it being um, really peaceful and waiting for her to come out and also really wanting to have her out. There were certainly days where I thought, I'm going to Google how do I get this baby out and um, in the end decided to go with the peaceful approach of waiting and little did we know she'd be arriving in the next couple of days. Yeah, I forgot to mention uh, earlier on this podcast that we uh, went into lockdown quite early. Um, and obviously that had uh, quite a big effect on us um, uh, leaving work, as we said, as Hannah said on that Monday. Um, and so I guess we had that week uh, together, um, which in some ways was really nice. Obviously, you shared the things that were really tough. Um, and then the kind of weekend hit um, and things started to get uh, a little bit real. Um, so I wonder if you could just share um, a little bit about uh, what happened as we start to go into labour. Yeah, so on the, I think it was a Saturday, um, I think my waters felt like they'd started to break or at least um, my bladder control had certainly got rapidly worse. Um, so we kind of were umming and ahhing and I think the idea that she might be coming soon definitely hit us. I think I remember you having quite a shocked facial expression that we were potentially having a baby. Yeah, it became quite real when suddenly um, you've been waiting sort of 37, 38 weeks and then... Um, you think the waters are broken and the baby might be coming. It changes. Uh, yeah, it's quite tough. Certainly helped us pack the bag a bit better. <laughs> yeah. So we just called the hospital. Um, they are amazing. I would always say, I think top tip that I had through pregnancy was that if you have any questions, just call them a tri mid, um, maternity triage. They are never yeah. um, bothered by you calling. They are always so helpful, always so positive. Whatever time of the night, we've called them 2, 3, 4 a.m. And they are always acting like it's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So do call if you yeah. ever have any questions. Um, they invited us in the next day. That was a really surreal experience to go in. Um, and we'll, they informed us that waters had probably broken and therefore we'd be induced at 10 o'clock the next morning, uh, which was quite a shock to the system. Yeah, it was weird to think that um, suddenly there was a, a start date to a to our labour and the baby process, which it became very real at that point, didn't it? Yeah, definitely. So we came home, we put the cot up, we hoovered, we did the <laughs> things we thought we could do afterwards, um, cook some meals, things actually that, yeah, a lot happened that day. So we went in the next morning and had our first course of, in, um, we were induced with a prostin, a pill to start with, and that took about six hours. Not really much happened with that. So um, we just waited in the hospital, tuned into Boris's message and um, otherwise just sat there. And after that hadn't worked successfully, I then was put onto a course of oxytocin through a drip um, up in the labour ward. And from about midnight that started and that basically kickstarted labour from there. Yeah, and it's sort of worth um, saying just before we carry on that um, that Boris speech was basically him introducing the kind of big lockdown um, where schools were closing, everything else was uh, closing. Um, so uh, we literally uh, gave birth at the start of lockdown. So we've uh, had a lockdown baby, haven't we, which has been thrown a whole load of other things um, to do with giving birth. So, um, yeah, I wonder if you could just... Um, talk a little bit about um we won't go into too much detail about labor but maybe just um a couple of headlines and maybe the uh, real low that um happened uh, during labor yeah sure i think um it's safe to say that labor is very painful that it 
is um, at times unrelenting, but the body is amazing in the way that it gives you little breaks in between contractions to help you. Um, I've been advised to have an epidural because the oxytocin drip, it recreates the labour and is um, more intense, they say, than perhaps a normal labour because it's um, forced through the drip. So they put an epidural in, which took a little while, um, and then noticed when the contractions really started that just didn't seem to dull the pain. It was actually incredibly painful. So we invite, we asked the anaesthetist to come back at about five in the morning to try and put a second epidural in. Um, for me, I remember that being what felt like five minutes. I think you say, Robert, it's about It was the worst two hours, hours of my life, yeah. yeah. Um, it was a really tough two hours of watching you have pretty heavy contractions plus um, the anaesthetist trying to put um, uh, a needle into your spine. Um, and yeah, that was a real low because you were in a lot of pain. Um, and that was, yeah, for, for me, that was that was the worst moment of the whole um, pregnancy. Yeah, so I think in the end, it just had gas nerves. Second epidural didn't work. Um, and I found that really difficult because I think from that point, the pregnancy and labour, well, labour probably more so, hadn't gone the way we thought it would. My waters didn't break naturally. I wasn't giving birth naturally. I was in hospital from start to finish. The pain medication didn't work when they said it would. I just a lot of things felt like, again, similar to my maternity leave, this wasn't the labour I'd planned for. But I think one of the saving graces that for us was that we'd always said we were open-minded and actually that we would make the best plans we could. But actually, we know that it's out of our control. And I do think that really helped us because it meant that when things didn't go our way, we hadn't held our hearts on something and therefore um, we weren't overly disappointed by the end. Yeah, definitely. And I think as much as possible, you can try and... Keep an open mind about what you want for your labour. That's certainly going to help and manage your expectations uh, as you go into it. Um, and then obviously we hit this real low um, kind of coming into Tuesday morning. Um, it was, yeah, it was pretty tough. Uh, and then suddenly uh, uh, an amazing thing happened. Um, yeah, we gave birth. We gave birth, yeah. <laughs> After what felt like a long time, there was a moment where I couldn't put my leg down strangely. And I said, oh, I'm pretty sure something's not right. And the midwife had a little look and she went, oh, there's the heads are going to come out. I think it's time to give birth. And so suddenly the journey was coming to its end. And yeah, um, yeah the moment we met her, we just, it was all worth it. And they laid her on me and wrapped her in a towel. Their babies look disgusting when yeah. they come out. <laughs> um, and yeah, it was just something beautiful. And the pain, it stops once she comes out. So actually it feels like there's... Uh, a euphoria there where you're a bit like actually no I've done it yeah and I think it is one of the most magical moments that you have um, but it is also one of the most horrific moments because essentially an alien is kind of brought out um, <laughs> into the world with just muck all over it goo all over it crying um, and it's it's a beautiful magical moment because you've just produced this human and gone through quite a traumatic experience um but the baby still looks like an alien and that's why aliens her middle name <laughs> um brilliant So after a given birth, after a little bit of time, we ended up going back down to the postnatal ward uh, where we're kind of being looked after by the um, amazing midwives uh, there. Um, we get put on a ward with um, four other beds. Um, so the mothers and babies from uh, the delivery suite um, sort of before you. 
Um, so it's quite a noisy place because you've got loads of babies crying. And um, so the midwives are incredible there. Um, but you're kind of left alone, just the two of you with this new human uh, trying to work out what on earth what to do. Um, so it was a bit of a strange experience for us. But um, Hannah, how did you how did you find those first few hours in the, the first night after giving birth? Um, I... I found that really difficult actually. I think I found it really emotional. You've just gone through this massive roller coaster of a high of giving birth and then there's just an exhaustion that hits you and a really emotional one as well and it's just very much like what do I do? You have this baby laying in front of you. By this point you've got them dressed um and they've got a nappy on them and they're probably sleeping because we were told that's what they do a lot in the first day and um it's just really hard to know what to do with yourself so um one thing I will say is that the hospital food is great you <laughs> get regular meals if you want a little snack you want some tea and toast um then that you just ask for it it's brilliant I mean I want to stay there much longer just for that benefit alone um yeah what I found difficult I think was we decided that Rob would go home for the night so that he could get some rest and come back the next day with a car seat and new stuff refreshed to help us out and I think in the idea that was right. And I do think probably, you know, there were elements of where that was the right idea. And I think you have to judge that for yourself as a couple. But there were certainly a few moments in the night um, where probably I just couldn't sleep because I was looking in the cot too many times and thinking, is she okay? And then when she did wake up, you know, you have this whole new experience of a baby where you, and other than reading, you know, guides and blogs and things before you give birth suddenly when the baby's in front of you and you've read about breastfeeding you know how do you then take that guidance and use it in real life and how do you rock them to sleep and that sort of thing and I think an added challenge was that I couldn't get out of bed just because I'd had a few uh, bit of surgery afterwards which meant that I had to be bed bound and again that was a real challenge so I certainly called on the midwives a couple of times through the night and they were just amazing so I think probably the one thing is that if you haven't got your partner there to help you in the night certainly call on the midwives because several times they took Sophia off around the ward um, just for a walk to settle her and just to give me a chance to sleep because I just found that really really difficult. Yeah I think uh, as a as a new dad, um, taking on new responsibility, I volunteered to go home and go and get a, a full night's sleep, um, which seriously was quite it was a tough conversation. But I think the thought process was that um, at least one of us has a, a good night's sleep and come back uh, refreshed in the morning, um, ready to help support, uh, look after the baby, also to look after uh, Hannah. And you sacrificed yourself, didn't you, to be that one who had the good night's sleep? Not a hero's wear capes. Um, (laughs) Was that the greatest sleep uh, of my life? It turns out, yes, it was, because the last few weeks have been tough. So, um, (laughs) uh, but actually, it was it was really tough to leave um, both of them. Uh, It was really tough, um, kind of speaking to Hannah on the phone um, when I was back at home, uh, just hearing how tough it was, um, but trusting that. Uh, it was the right thing to do so we could um, I could come back uh, to hospital in the morning sort of prepared refreshed uh, and ready to help uh, out um really so um how did you just kind of last question really how did you find uh, the morning the day of us coming home because we went home the next day um which is amazing um and so what were your kind of emotions and that and then how did you find the process of us actually leaving the hospital 
Well, I think by the time the next day came, I was ready to go home. I think my nature of my family is that once we've decided we're going somewhere or leaving a place, we've packed up our bags and we've gone. So by about nine o'clock the next morning, <laughs> I packed our bags, I'd clothed her and, you know, much more, I had a coat on and some shoes and I was sitting there waiting on the edge gear. of the bed to go home and, you know, ask the midwife every so often, oh, so when does discharge happen? Um, just because I felt actually... It'd been a long night and I really wanted to just be in our own home. So I think it felt um, a particularly long day. Um, true parenting there. If you don't yawn every couple of sentences, say, are you really up that much? Sleep deprivation um, at its finest. Yeah, so we, yeah, we got discharged at about five o'clock in the evening. Um, and I think probably from about 12 o'clock onwards, I was just ready to leave. So I think I didn't necessarily rest in the way that I should have I probably should have had a sleep on the bed and while Rob held Sophia mm -hmm. but actually I just wanted to go home I wanted to be um I wanted to shower I wanted to not be laying in the bed and that sort of thing but I think probably in hindsight the midwives they offer quite a lot of support the second day in terms of um breastfeeding support changing tips talking you through different things and actually I think in a way I wish I'd utilized that support because of COVID-19 and the lockdown we didn't get as much um, visits, we didn't get as many visits from midwives um, and health visitors and the support that was available afterwards was very much over the phone so I think in hindsight I wish I'd said to a midwife actually yeah could you show me what this breastfeeding should be like and that's something I wonder if that would have helped my journey a bit more. Yeah so I think that I think um, we'll talk about it in um, future podcasts but I think um, that was the main uh, thing that we learned going into a, a COVID-19 uh, world in the first couple of weeks is that we just didn't get that same level of support that um, we were expecting to get from health visitors and from midwives, which I know they found tough. Um, and I think, I think in hindsight, we would have utilised the the support in hospital a bit more. Um, but we weren't to know that, and this is such a unique experience, so um, tough. Um, and then we we came to discharge. Um, they gave us our papers. They said we could go. Um, we didn't have to sign out. We didn't. We didn't even know how to put her in the car seat so we had to get a midwife to help us put, put her in the car seat um and then we walked out with a new baby having 36 48 hours ago walked in with that one so um how did you yeah, how did you find that experience um and us kind of coming home for the first time i think my highlight was when we got outside the hospital and um, she was, I was sat in the car seat waiting for Rob and I saw him running up the hill by the hospital. And if you know the hospital, there's some steep hills there. And I saw Rob trying to jog up the hill as quickly as possible to go and get the car so that we didn't have to be outside for very long. Um, yeah, it was, it was a really weird sensation of coming home. I remember getting through the door and then putting her down in the living room and just thinking, right, okay, what do we do now? And then basically we just stood and sat and looked at her until she woke up and then... <laughs> We held her and looked at what to do. And yeah, there was just a whole mixture of emotions. And you think, can you leave? Can you shower? Where do you go, Where do you go next? So yeah, but thankfully we had um, some great friends who started to deliver some food to us. And so therefore our focus could just be on the baby. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just worth saying nothing can prepare you for that moment. You walk back through your own door, having left with not a human and suddenly you've got a human to look after your world absolutely changes um mostly for the better 100 percent for the better once she sleeps for the night it'll definitely be for the better <laughs> yeah. um 
and you just realise that suddenly you've got a cot and you've got a baby sleeping there. Um, your life is never going to be the same again. So, um, that's great. Thank you for your thoughts, Hannah. Thank you for sharing. I appreciate uh, you going back into those emotions from those first um few days of giving birth. So thank you for that. Um, we're going to um finish up there uh, and then in future weeks we're going to talk about what the first couple of weeks will look like and then uh, as time has gone on uh, trying to look after our daughter and bring her up uh, well so thank you very much for listening we appreciate it and we'll see you next time bye